you ready? Welcome to another episode of Buff in the Rough. Today we're going to talk to Toby Hyde about gun hunting, the difference between gun dogs and competition dogs, favorite rabbit recipes, and a whole lot more. Help me welcome Toby Hyde to the program. Well, hey, Toby, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, Sam. How about you? I'm doing, I'm doing better than I, I really deserve, but I really appreciate you being on with us today. And uh, I know you're a busy man, and I appreciate you taking time out to talk, talk about gun dogging, especially. But we'll get into some other things, too. But tell me, for folks that maybe don't know you, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? Uh, it can be hunting-related, maybe how you got into hunting, but it can be what you do outside of hunting, too, um, other interests that you may have. Yeah, man. Uh, my name's Toby Hyde. I'm from Louisiana. Grew up, born and raised there, and decided to move up here when about 20 years old and been here ever since. And I've rabbit hunted all my whole life. I've always had beagles, and that's about that's about to me. Toby, I can't believe this because I, I met you, I don't know, I started in the really field trial and getting into beagles a little bit, maybe six, eight, nine years ago now. You were one of the first people I ever hunted with, and I don't remember ever knowing that you were from Louisiana. <laughs> uh, really? <laughs> I did not know <laughs> I that. I that. <laughs> That's fascinating. That's fantastic. Yes, well, one of the things I wanted to ask you about um, – your your kennel name is called Line Shot. Now, I, I've seen Line Shot kennels. I, you got some cool stuff, some gear that I see in when I see you out and about. But where did that name come from? How, how did you how did you get your kennel started? All right, I'll tell you a little story on that one. Um, I when I moved back up here to North Carolina and got going, I started. I wanted some more dogs, and I started getting dogs. And a buddy of mine, I went hunting with him, and he wanted to sell all his dogs, so I decided I'd buy them. And I didn't know what I was buying. I just knew they was registered. When I got them home, started looking through them, every one of them was Branko-influenced hounds. Mm-hmm. They was all Brancos. And the older male I got was a son directly out of Branko's Alibaba. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people know that dog. And his name was Maverick's Line Shot Laser. So when I bred, when I started breeding him, I started naming his puppies Line Shot. And that's where the name come from. I've stuck with it ever since. Been line shot kennels ever since. Outstanding. That's a that's a good story. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, another thing that I know about you that maybe some of the other folks don't is that um, you hunted and you and maybe you still do. Uh, you've you've hunted a lot of different um, types of formats with different registries over the years, and so I know you've competed and you've competed. Um, especially all over the country probably, but with different formats in mind, what are some of the better hounds that you've hunted with or against that, that stick in your mind? That's a good one. I've hunted with lots of really, really, really good dogs. And I can name, I thought about that today when I figured you'd ask me that, and <laughs> I come up with five dogs that I can really think of that any man would love to have. And, um, one of them, everybody knows it, is Kristen Bunny's Flame Dog. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I had a chance one time to judge that dog against one of my really good buddies, Manny Frizzle. He had a dog named Fire. We had a performance pack hunt, 
and they said they all come, and I got picked to judge that cast. There was a three dog cast. Mm-hmm. It, it was actually a two dog cast. <laughs> Them two dogs, the fire <laughs> dog and the flame dog, run me harder than I've ever been running my life. In performance back, you have to chase the dogs. They about killed me. That was the <laughs> best rabbit race I've ever seen two dogs run. They just didn't make mistakes. They just both pounded the whole hour, just hard running. It come down to the last few seconds, and my buddy Manny's dog got a check at the end and won the hunt. Wow! And it was it was it just amazed me how hard them dogs don't run. I couldn't believe it. As fast as them dogs ran, and me and Kristen Bundy was standing there when she, when Fire got the last check, and I told her I said that's as hard as I've ever had to judge in my life. Wow! But them two dogs put on a show that was just it was unreal. A great show. Well, I, I tell you, I tell you that just to just to throw something in there, I I was able to hunt and I have hunted with Manny a few times over the years, and it just seems like uh, number one, he's a very um, good handler and a good sportsman in the field. He he's just really very professional in how he conducts his business. But two, he's always packing a good dog. It didn't matter what I hunted with. I believe he could just go down to the local uh, pound and pick something up and bring it to a hunt and just whip you on the weekend with it. He just he always seemed to have a good hound. <laughs> he is. He's a good man. He knows. He knows his stuff. He yep. really does. And that fire dog, you probably hunted against her too. She oh was, yeah. She was nice. She's tough. And she went on to make hunt bigger champion and little pack champion. So, mm. but if she beat if she beat flame, you know she's beat a good dog because. You know how that dog is. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, I was. But um, another really good dog was we've got some friends in Pennsylvania that come down and hunt with us. It's Double Crows Kennels. And every time they came down, you better be ready because plan on finishing second. <laughs> they was good. <laughs> and they got one little female. Her name was Lola. I'm really not sure how the dog was bred, but she, yeah, I hated to draw out against her, but I hated to judge her too. Mm. because she would run me. She was just, when she locked on, just hang on, because nothing else was getting the rabbit. Mm. She was a super nice dog. And another really good dog was, I had a good friend, he passed away about a year ago. You might know him. You know Till Brown? No, sir, I don't. Okay, he's from Marion. He passed away about a year ago, but he had a, a blue tick male named Preacher Man. And he was saying what he was just... Top-notch dog. He could run as hard as you wanted to run him, or he could slow down and walk out if he had to. Mm. But them, them four dogs are four of the hardest I've ever seen. But the number one dog that I can really say that I've ever watched run in the woods, and I might be a little biased on this one, um, is my best friend, David Cornell. Mm-hmm. He had a male named Cornell Sinbad. Mm-hmm. Sinbad is the best dog I've ever, best male dog I've ever seen on the ground. Probably best dog. Mm-hmm. Dog can make a pack of dogs. You could run 10 with him, two with him, by himself. It didn't matter how he run. He run the identical same thing every time. He never changed. Mm-hmm. Every time he, he hit the ground, he was the same dog. Mm-hmm. And he could make a pack of dogs really look bad. I've seen him turn it, turn the rabbit out of the middle of the pack, make a 90 degree turn, and the other dog's still going straight. Mm-hmm. I've seen him. I've seen him just make dogs look. You think he was wrong sometimes, and <laughs> he was. He was right. He, he's the best dog I've ever seen on the ground. I think. And who'd you say uh, owned him? 
David Cornell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know David. Oh yeah, I, yeah. But I I watched that dog from a, when he got him till he died, and mm-hmm. we gun hunted a lot over that dog. And Phil shot him. He was a hunting beagle champion. He was a little pack. Champion. Well, he was a grand champion, hunting beagle champion. Mm-hmm. He was a little pack champion. He he done a lot. He was just a, just it's hard to beat dogs like that one. So that's yeah. probably the best five dogs that I can just off the top of my head think about. Well, Toby, this is one of the reasons I really have always liked you is how humble you are because you didn't mention any of your dogs, and I know you've had some really good ones because I've been beaten by you many times. <laughs> so, <laughs> so throw one of yours in there too. Like what's what's been one of your favorite dogs or, or, or maybe a couple that really uh, out of your kennel that you just really thought were a little bit better than everybody else? Well, my number one dog is my Gus dog. Mm-hmm. Ranger Gus, I know. I'm pretty sure you've run with him before. Oh yeah, he he's 12 inches at the most <laughs> on his good day. He goes 12 <laughs> and a quarter, but uh, that dog he can run with anything you put him with. It didn't matter when he was young. You put him with a 15 inch dog, he's still going to be on the front half the time at least. Run with a little stuff. It didn't matter. He was just a super. He's he's 12 years old now. He's still out here in the kennel. But he championed in UKC, Little Pack, and Progressive Pack, three different formats. Mm-hmm. And he's been my number one for years now. And that's, that's probably my special dog. And I got a female here, Wings. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. she's been a special dog, too. She's a champion in every format, too. And she's been a really, really nice dog. Mm-hmm. But I can tell people all the time, I, I don't brag on my dogs. I... I like my dogs. I feed my dogs. That's all that matters to me. Mm-hmm. It's more fun when I hear somebody else brag on them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love it. Well, one of the yes, things, there, there's a couple of things that I, I I wanted to ask you about, and these are just general observations from knowing you over the years. But, but again, when I first started uh, competing some, and I'm not some big competition hunter at all, but I do like to go every once in a while and see what everybody's hunting and kind of measure what I've got against what folks are, are pushing out there. But one thing I noticed about hounds that you hunted, and you just mentioned Gus, um, he's not a 15-inch full stick kind of beagle. And it seems like a lot of folks uh, today, I mean, if they can get it to get under a stick, I, you know, some of them, I swear they're not 15, they're 16, <laughs> 17. I don't know what they do to to get them under that dang uh, stick, teaching them the limbo or something. But, you know, speed uh, speed kills in a lot of these uh, trials. You know, you want something really fast, and, and those big long legs can really, really help a dog out on, on some of these lines. But, dang, your dogs, it, they didn't have to be the biggest, and they they always competed and were tough to beat. I mean, just tough. Just certainly, I've seen you win more than your share, man. I mean, really. I thought you always did really well in these things, which leads me kind of to uh, what I really wanted to focus on today, which is gun hunting. You know, going out there. It's fun to go to these things and carry a scorecard and and do the best we can to kind of uh, judge these dogs and determine a winner for the day. That's nice, and, and I enjoy it myself. But i got to tell you what I enjoy more than anything is going out with my buddies. They bring their dogs. I bring my a couple of my knuckleheads, and we go out and and try to harvest some good game, have good dog work, maybe do some training out there with some of the younger hounds, 
and be able to take back game and enjoy it. You know, prepare it, clean it, prepare it, cook it, and really enjoy it. And that's something that I know you do as well. So first off, I got a question for you. It's kind of loaded, but I think I know how you're going to answer it because I think I know you. But is there a difference between good competition dogs and good gun dogs? There shouldn't be, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. If you can take it, go out here and kill rabbits in front of your dog, you should be able to hunt them dogs in competition. Mm-hmm. That's my, a lot of people's not going to tell you that, but every dog that I hunt, I can compete with. That's just how I always, I'm not going to have two different kinds of dogs. I'm going to compete with what I hunt. So. Mm-hmm. I knew that's what you were going to say. So, <laughs> so thinking about that, let's take it just a step farther. So what what traits do you look for in a hound that will make it both? That'll make it a good competition dog, but will also make it a really good gun dog? What do you look for in your hounds? Okay, I'll tell you one thing. Nobody's going to say this but me, probably. My number one thing is handling. My dog better handle. If he ain't handling, he ain't going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> handle is number one for me. He better handle better than he hunts. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, he better hunt too. But right. brains, he's got to have brains. And mm-hmm. handling, brains come with handling. Mm-hmm. So if he can handle, he got means he's got some brains, and he'll make it. He'll make it. Mm-hmm. So handling, brains, hunt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's it, the foot. Don't matter to me. It don't matter because if they can smell it and they can run it straight, they gonna make some of them dogs that real fast look bad. Mm-hmm. That's how I look at it. What does it take to have a good um, gun dog pack? I mean, I've I've heard all kinds of stuff. You need a good jump dog. You need dogs that have good line control. Keep the track going. But you also need dogs that can put the pressure on that rabbit and bring him around too. You won't keep him going. But what does it what does it take? Uh, what do what do you like in your pack? What what kind of dogs do you like in it? A little of all that, but. Mm-hmm. We run 10 dogs at a time at least. <laughs> we mm-hmm. never have less than 10 on the ground. We rabbit hunt. Mm-hmm. We love to hear the sound. So you got to have your jump dogs, but you got to have your dogs that have, make good decisions. Turn the rabbit. Don't make, when they overrun a track, they've got to shut their mouth and get back to where they lost it and go again. Mm-hmm. And you got to have dogs that's really good in the check area. But a hunt, go get it and make a lot of noise mm-hmm. that's what we like so you mentioned the number of hounds that you like to to take is there a certain number or uh the perfect number of hunters to take with you as huh? long as they're safe you can have all you want okay i got you as long as everybody's safe mm-hmm. if you got some out there that we we don't allow we go hunting there's no jump shooting at all mm-hmm. you have to rate it don't have to circle, but you have to wait till it starts coming back to you. Because mm-hmm. leave it, there's no rabbit ever shot on a rabbit leaving out. Mm-hmm. We don't allow it. That's how you get dog shot. You get people shot. You get everything. You just it's just a safety thing. Mm-hmm. If it's leaving, you do not pull the trigger. You shoot it when it comes back. If they don't bring it back, we'll get another one later. It's just a rabbit. A rabbit's not important. The dogs and the people is important. So. That, now but that is you, that you is can have as many hunters as you want as long as everybody's safe. Mm-hmm. So I got another question for you, and I think this is one that 
that I kind of get tickled with sometimes when, when I'm out hunting, especially with younger folks. And when I say young folks, I always like to put a disclaimer in there. Sometimes it's not young folks like years. You know, I'm not talking about 10 or 12-year-old youngsters. Right. It, it might be a 25 or 30-year-old that just never has been hunting before, just didn't grow up, you know, for whatever reason. They just really weren't, weren't into hunting, so they're new to the sport. But when, you, when you're out there and, oh, there's this excitement and the hounds are roaring and they're doing a great job and you finally get to take that, that game. And it's just like you see them go get it and they're excited and then they're like, oh, man, what do I do now? <laughs> what I do with this thing? Um, what what can you share with new folks or even folks that uh, that may have been doing this for a while? You know, you, in our part of the country, let me back up just a second. Our part of the country, the temperature may be all over the place. It may be nice and cold and crispy, like in the twenties this morning, with a good hard frost on the ground. And then, you know, just a few weeks back, I was hunting. It was like seventy five degrees. So you have to think about temperature and you have to think about uh, making sure with food safety that you're taking good care of your game. You're making sure it's nice and clean um, and those kind of things. But once you harvest your game, once you take that rabbit, what are some tips that you could give people on what comes next? You know, do you clean your um, rabbits at your truck? Do you do you take them home and clean them at the same time? How do you how do you keep them safe? How do you keep them cool? Do you put them in a cooler? Do you you know uh, what what are some of the steps or tips that you could give somebody starting out that maybe just doesn't know what to do? Uh, first thing, if you run it with my dogs and you feel it, you better pick it up off the ground because if you don't, the dog is going to get it. Yeah, <laughs> and you ain't getting it back. But I see a lot of these guys kill them and let their dogs run up there and smell them. My dogs ain't gonna do that. They gonna grab it and go with it. Yeah. But <laughs> they, I think they like rab- They like to eat rabbit as much as we do. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, a good tip if it's if it's really gonna be warm and hot, you have to get the guts out of them. You have to peel dress them. Mm-hmm. You have to get that part out of them really quick and just keep them in the shade. Mm-hmm. And if you got a cooler, throw them in a cooler. Mm-hmm. Keep them cool. Mm-hmm. Everything's going to be fine with them. You can't let them set a day or two, but you mm-hmm. let them set three or four hours, never going to be fine. Mm-hmm. But if it's really hot, you have to get them in a cool spot or you're going to lose it all. Mm-hmm. And as far as cleaning the rabbits in the field, if we got people with us that want to take rabbits home, we always offer, hey, you want us to clean these rabbits before you take them? That's just how our group does. Mm-hmm. We'll clean them. We'll clean them for you right there, and we'll put them in a bag and let you take them with you. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. some people won't. Some people do that. Some people take them home and clean them. Some people oh, don't even want them. They just want to come out and have a good time and kill a few rabbits. And if they don't want them, I'm more than happy to take them because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we we really like them. We I like them a lot. I eat them a lot, and. People want to ask me all the time, well, how do you cook rabbit? If you can cook chicken, you can cook rabbit. Mm-hmm. Anything you can do with a piece of chicken, you can do with a rabbit. Mm-hmm. No matter what. If you want to make rabbit dumplings, make rabbit dumplings. You want to fry it up, fry it up. It, it doesn't matter how you do it. A rabbit, just like a piece of chicken, cook it however you cook chicken. Mm-hmm. But my favorite way is probably put it in a crock pot. Let it cook till it comes off the bone. Take all the bones out, pull barbecue sauce on in it, and let it sit for a little bit. And that's great sandwich. <laughs> that's one of my favorite ways to do it. Well, that sounds terrific. It's really good. 
um, I, I, years ago there was a, a couple that uh, that went to our church and and it seemed like they always brought rabbit to I mean it was Baptist church so you know they've got a potluck right. about every other week yeah, it seems right. like but it, it she would always prepare some kind of rabbit dish. And it was, it's exactly what you said, Toby. It was just swap out the the chicken for rabbit. So there were all kinds of casseroles she would have. She'd fry it. She had it in dumplings, um, barbecued, you you name it. But it was great. That's where I first was introduced to eating rabbit. It was was terrific. Yep. I'll tell you a funny story. I took, um, it's been, me and my wife, it's been about 10 years ago, we had a Christmas dinner and I fixed rabbit and dumplings mm-hmm. and brought it to the dinner. And all her family was in there eating and bragging on how good them dumplings was. And they asked who made them. They told them it was me. And I said, that's chicken. That's rabbit. That ain't chicken. Every one of them quit eating. They were none of them eating no more of it. Because <laughs> <laughs> they found out it was rabbit, not chicken. <laughs> <laughs> they all loved it till then. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> People are funny. But if they yeah, if they really like knew where their meat came from, they'd probably freak out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, wow. Well, I've got another question for you. Again, kind of um, focusing on folks that are new to our sport. I I uh, spent a lot of time growing up coon hunting, and one thing I know for sure is if you're not comfortable while you're hunting, uh, you're not going to have a good time. So when people are getting dressed or thinking about what gear to take when they go out on one of these uh, one of these uh, gun dogging trips, do you have any recommendations on what they need to be thinking about? Do you have any recommendations on what kind of uh, shotguns that you think are are really good for rabbit hunting? I've seen people shoot with pistols and stuff. Uh, rifles, all kinds of different things, but um, but you know, what are some of your thoughts? You know, for a, for a, a youngster, on what kinds of things they should be thinking about when they're gearing up, and that could be gear that they're wearing too. You know, th- just just things that you wear, boots or whatever. Good, good, comfortable pair of boots because you're gonna mm-hmm. do a lot of walking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. important. And like I said, we we wear fireproof clothes all the time, or pants and. Our jackets and stuff, good hunting vests, and other than that, dress in layers because you can always take it off. You can't put it back on. Mm-hmm. You ain't got it. So, but clothes-wise, that's whatever. It, it really don't. You ain't got to worry about camouflage. Not when you're rabbit hunting. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's dress comfortable. Mm-hmm. As far as guns, uh, I, I see the twenty gauge. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a good one. They don't tear them up as bad as a 12-gauge, but it don't reach as far as a 12-gauge either. Mm-hmm. And I've got some really good friends down in South Carolina, and all they shoot 14s. Oh. And they can, they can shoot. I'm telling you, when you hear one of them shoot, you know it's a dead rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are so good. And well, they t- t- really shoot. I tell you, that that's great advice. I, I think my number one, if I had to list like things in order – of what you need a good pair of boots is probably number one and i think a lot of folks that maybe aren't used to busting through briars and stuff uh, rabbit hunting maybe they've done other kinds of hunting other types of hunting uh you gotta have something briar proof and it'll it'll just especially in and where we hunt toby you can get you can get torn up pretty pretty quickly but another thing that's really i didn't think about it think it was that big of a deal until i really got into it was a good vest 
Yes. That you can put stuff in because uh, you know it's. I've kind of, we, we, we're kind of approaching this as if you just showed up and wanted to go hunting and see what rabbit hunting was all about. That's one thing, but if you're handling dogs, you've got to have a place to have your you know your uh, GPS stuff that you got on your dog, your trackers, your trainers, dog leashes, and all kinds of stuff. You know, you've got to have a place yeah. to put all that stuff and carry it. We got so much stuff. People think we just got a gun and a dog. We got leashes. <laughs> we got garments. We got shells. We got everything. I mean, it's just it's you got to have something a good, really good vest to carry everything in. And we're high tech so, rednecks nowadays, man. You've got to have oh, all that stuff. Yeah, it ain't pine tree limbs no more. We <laughs> <laughs> so got garments now. So. <laughs> I don't know how we ever live without them. I don't. I don't know either. Well, well, let me ask you one thing as we kind of wrap up. Yeah, you've, you've been around a while. You've hunted uh, for for a long time. <clears throat> what Where do you see the sport going in the future? Do you feel pretty good about it? Do you do you? I know you guys because I I kind of keep up with you, but our listeners may not know. You know what, what, what? Do you see young people interested in the sport? Are Are you optimistic? Yes, I am. I feel a lot of. Right now, I'm seeing a lot of young people that's getting into it and liking it. I got a little boy that's going with me now. He's 10 years old, and he absolutely loves it. Mm-hmm. And my buddies, kids are going with them, and they like it. And I'm I'm worried about the dog hunting in general because it's getting we're getting pushed out, mm-hmm. no place to hunt, and mm-hmm. so much deer season now. We don't really have good spots to hunt till after deer season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so, but if you like me, I'm. My favorite thing is I just hear my dogs run. I only got to carry a gun most of the time. We do, but I like my dogs, but we're just getting pushed out. But mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of people still interested in it and like it and want to do it. So mm-hmm. that's a good thing. Well, that's good. I, I feel the same way. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, um, but I do think you, you hit, hit a, a good topic maybe for a, another day is deer hunters versus uh small game hunters and uh the challenges that we face especially here in uh western north carolina and i think it's probably like that kind of all over the country but but there is a competition there, there's only so yeah. much land you can hunt that there's only so much land available they're not creating new hunting lands every day so there's a competition for it and so that that presents a lot of challenges for us. Um, I'm I'm the same way, Toby. Hey, you can hunt this land, but you have to wait till after deer season. And yeah, uh, where we go, that's how it is. That's how it is. So that that is a real thing. But I'm too. I've I'm, hunted about every weekend since it started. Mm-hmm. But I've hunted a lot of game lands, mm-hmm. and you run into that on game lands too. You I mean you mm-hmm. you try to stay away from deer hunters, but it don't always work that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But but most of our good spots are after deer season. Well, if keeping and we'll wrap up kind of on a, a couple last questions. But if you had if you had an opportunity for someone that to talk to someone who's interested in rabbit hunting, uh, whether it's competition or gun hunting or just pleasure hunting, just going out and listening to the hounds run, what kind of advice would you give to to someone that was interested in learning more uh, about hunting with hounds? Be patient, have fun. That's it. Just <laughs> Be patient because it's not it's not always good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we 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 show the good stuff, but there's a lot of stuff on the backside that's not that great. <laughs> but 
you got to have patience if you're going to do this. Mm-hmm. If you don't have patience, it's not going to work for you. Mm-hmm. You got good days, you got bad. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some days you don't even run anything, right? You go out there and it's just... Yes, sir. I've been there quite a few times. Just there's some days that you just... It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And some days you're just like, man, do I really own these the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> but look, that's just... That's rabbit hunting. That is. That's why they call it hunting, I think. That's exactly right. <laughs> well, Toby, we'll wrap up. But did, is there anything that I didn't ask you that I should have asked you about? Is there anything that we left out or anything that you want to talk about other than what we've already covered? I believe we covered quite a bit of it. There's probably some more we could talk about, but we'll save it for another time. But... Uh, off my, I just can't think of it right now. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I, I, I can't thank you enough for for taking time out and, and just sharing your opinions on rabbit hunting and some stories. And uh, I know folks will enjoy it. So, I, I, again, just really appreciate your time and, and look forward to getting you back on here again in the future. Yeah, I appreciate you asking me. All right, Toby. We'll talk to you later. Thank you for listening to Buff in the Rough. And remember to like and subscribe if you want to be notified when we have new content available. And please send comments and suggestions to buffintherough at gmail.com. Join us next time when we'll get a youngster's perspective on rabbit hunting.